0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Transforming Trauma to Triumph. I'm your host, Diana Min, and today I'm joined by my lovely guest, Carrie Hummingbird. Hi, hi. Uh, Carrie is a soul guide, a best-selling author, and a leader, activist, philanthropist. Um, she does so many great things in the world, and I'm so happy
1: to have you here. Thanks for inviting me to be here. I'm excited to see what unfolds in today's conversation. Absolutely, me too. Um, So,
0: yeah, why don't you tell us, um, for our audience that isn't familiar with you, who you are, what you do, and a little bit about the work that you're doing in the world.
1: Awesome. Yeah, so, well, I'm a soul guide, and what does that mean? It means I help people to wake up to that self that they are that's bigger than their body Mm -hmm. and to be able to navigate their life from that place, from their heart, from their soul, from their wisdom, from their knowing, rather than from their mind or their thinking. Although, you know, the mind's a useful tool, but in the backseat. So that's what I help people do. I'm a healer. I help transition energy. I help shift energy. Um, and I'm a channel. So I channel wisdom, right, currently from White Eagle, who's an ascended master of awakening. And also works with rainbow light so i do a lot of healings with rainbow light and also white buffalo calf women so anybody who's done the sofia code transmissions knows what that is who she is but she's a divine feminine leader and it's about reconnecting with the earth so i help people reconnect to the earth divine mother and reawaken themselves wow that's
0: beautiful that's beautiful um as someone who is been on that journey I mean it sounds beautiful but it really is <laughs> <laughs> it's messy yeah yeah healing is messy the work is is intense you know and so um tell me a little bit about your journey in getting here because I know you didn't you didn't just pop out and just be this big ray of light that's helping people heal and doing all this all this um energy work right there was a journey that that had to unfold in order for you to be here
1: yeah, there was a journey. Boy, it's been a journey. You know, my journey to really waking up, because I didn't know I was asleep. I think most people don't know they're asleep. I did not know I was asleep. I thought I was awake. I woke up every morning. My alarm clock went off. I got up. I went to work. I mean, I'm awake, right? Yeah. But it was a different awake. And I was kind of living my life according to you. Things I, the, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, the kind of prevailing paradigm. So uh, to be happy, I need to have a really good income. I need to have a nice house. Uh, then I want my kid. I want to have children. Now I want to have all the things. Right. <laughs> and then I, I had it. I had my first child. My pregnancy was awesome. I just loved being pregnant. It was awesome. And then he came out and he was really colicky and, and, you know, he's a beautiful baby. He's a beautiful soul. I mean, my son, my oldest son is just like, he opened my heart about five sizes, you know, kind of like the Grinch. It was like, all of a sudden my heart just went like this. And what happened when all that love came in is that I stirred up the dust on a lot of trauma in my early childhood. So I had been grappling most of my life with big emotional swings, with um, not being able to Um, control my anger or my frustration, being really rigid, grinding my teeth at night, being really super stressed out, and not knowing how to solve that and um, feeling to blame and feeling not good enough. And even though I went to a really good college, I got a great degree. I went to Smith College. I, I graduated cum laude. I'm smart. I still, I just, I couldn't just make it happen, you know, the things I wanted to make happen. So when I had my baby, it just, it stirred all this up, and I started realizing, oh, the past isn't done. Yeah. <laughs> wait yeah. a second. It's not done. Like, I've been living my whole life according to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it opened a can of worms of how do we heal this now? Because I'd experienced pretty traumatic childhood stuff between zero and five. My mm-hmm. mom, uh, my first stepfather was My first, my natural father was, um, well, let's say it was the summer of love time. People were experimenting (laughs) and Mm -hmm. loose boundaries, you know, and drugs and whatever else. And so, you know, he was um, also wounded himself from his mother. Mm -hmm. So he was starting to show signs he was going to molest me and this was going to be a pattern. So my mom was like, this is not good. And took me out of there at a time when courts needed proof. Like they wanted pictures of it happening, you know, to prove. I mean, that's kind of how it was in 1969. So um, my mom took me out of there. And my first stepfather, who, who was supposed to be rescuing us from this situation, mm. turned out to not be a mild-mannered professional the way he presented himself, but actually to be a violent drunk. So the next four years of my life were spent, You know, witnessing my mom, hearing my mom being abused, physically abused, knowing that somehow my behavior was responsible for some of it because if I acted out, he didn't want that, so he would beat her. So there was a lot of tumultuous messages in my early programming. Mm -hmm. Now I know that 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 forms your consciousness. Right, right. The way you view love, the way you view relationships, the way you view yourself is all in that first five, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. So at five, we met my second stepfather, who was my dad the rest of my life. The best father you could ever imagine, like dream father, like awesome. The kind of man that when he walked in the room, people just flocked to him. The dogs would be all over him. You know, he's <laughs> that guy. You know, like he sits down, all the dogs in the house are on his lap. He was that guy. And he was, you know, he passed away a couple year a few years ago, but even amazing as he was as a father, he could not erase the first five years of my life right. and the programming. That was my job. Mm-hmm. So I had these, like, three different foundations, you know, three different ideas. I like to talk about, like, foundations. Like, my foundation was cracked, you know, very cracked, because three diff- totally different fathers, three totally different landscapes – What's true? Mm-hmm. But it gave me a gift because it made me question because I knew from my life experience that there wasn't one way of family. There wasn't one f- relationship. There wasn't one kind of father. There wasn't one kind of family. Mm-hmm. I'd experienced all these different things. So my journey's really been about since that moment of awakening where my son was born, what kind of mother am I going to be? What kind of person am I going to be? How am I going to heal all this? So it's been, it's been layers and journeys and healings and moments and all of that. But yeah, <laughs> that's been a basic journey.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I can relate so much, you know, I also grew up in an abusive household, um, from my own parents. Um, so, you know, I know that journey of reprogramming and healing and restructuring the way that you perceive the world, the way you perceive love, right. The way you perceive relationships, like, and, and all of that, it's so deep because it's, you know, you're, you were embedded with this stuff and you have, you know, it's beyond conscious thinking, right. It's beyond subconscious. It's like almost to the core of your being, um, and, um, you know, I wasn't able to do it without sacred plant medicine because.
1: <laughs> oh, I got you there. Yeah. So
0: it's like, where, you know, can talk to me a little bit about like some of the healing modalities that you had to explore to really get to, you know, those deeper layers of, of your being, really.
1: Well, I'll, I will start at the basics. Um, I did start with psychotherapy, you know, so I did psychotherapy from probably the time I was about 15 is when that started because, of course, when I got 15, I started getting, you know, sexual, and so all of the patterns started coming out in my Mm -hmm. teens, right? So I started – that was my first modality. When I had my baby, that was still my primary modality. And then it just hit a wall, you know, because what happened for me – and I wouldn't say this is everybody's experience, but what happened for me is that they – this sort of paradigm of psychotherapy that I experienced is that there's going to be like a label or a diagnosis on you. And then you're put into this category and then you're just kind of called like, here's your medication. And you're just like, be this way the rest of your life.
0: Good luck. <laughs>
1: and uh, and instead, of, it made me feel better for a little bit because there's like this momentary relief of like, oh, I know what it is. Yay. But that doesn't last. And and then it's like this crash of like, you mean I'm stuck with this? And I didn't like that answer. So for a little while, I rebelled and I said, well, if I'm just bad, I'm just going to be bad. You know, so I was bad for a while. Ended my marriage, you know, and, and did all that and said, forget psychotherapy. I'm out of here. I'm done with all that. That's when the cool stuff started. So about six months into my after my divorce, I met my first teacher. I did it for yoga. So yoga was my opening. I went to yoga. I met a yogi teacher. He started working with me. He told me the truth. That's always really helpful as a pathway to healing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like the coach is willing to tell you the truth instead of just let you spin your stories. So that was helpful. And then it led into sh- shamanic healing. So I had my first shamanic healing from my first teacher of shamanic studies. That was profound. There was no plant medicine. There was just me on the floor with my chattering brain, and he was drumming. So there was some trance. Yeah. But with the drumming, I my brain was going really fast, and I, it was spinning all over the place. And I said, okay. He said to just be quiet. He said just trust. He said just sense, mm-hmm. feel. So in that moment, I decided oh, I will just feel then. And the moment I decided that, he stopped drumming, and I felt his presence come in over me. And then he started pulling stuff out of me, and I felt it. It was like – I my whole concept of what I was up until then just went like this. It was gone. Yeah. And And you know this from plant medicine. So I share this because I want people to know, like, there are avenues to self-discovery that don't require the plant medicine.
0: Yeah.
1: However – the plant medicine's super helpful for doing exactly this, changing everything you think you know about yourself. <laughs>
0: Right. I don't think there is one avenue that is like the avenue, right? Because for, I mean, I had similar, right? Yoga was definitely an opening for me, right? I definitely had shamanic healing was an opening for me for sure. You know, I think I've tried like every single thing. I was like so um, determined. I'm like, I need to heal all of this stuff. Cause like, you know, I just, and I knew that Western medicine wasn't going to be it. You know, I was labeled borderline, you know,
1: me too. That was the, the label they gave me is that yeah. nice when you get that one
0: <laughs> you know and I, I remember my my partner that I was with at the time they're like all right we're going on drugs we're doing this and I was like peace out I'm leaving and I'm gonna go figure it out holistically because my mother was on pills her entire life and I saw that journey and I just wasn't I wasn't trying to go that way at all so I mean there's so many like I've also done the pastana meditation like a 10-day silent one that was like I mean of all the all the journeys I've taken, that one was the most intense because you're conscious and it's just you and you. There is no shamanic healer, there is no plant medicine, there's nothing else, and it's just you and tapping into your own ability to heal yourself. It's it's crazy. Um, if you've never tried that one, definitely
1: I recommend it. That's amazing. I have been on on uh, something similar in the woods in shamanic path. We do a um you know like a vision quest.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've heard those are super powerful as well. I haven't
1: done Yeah, by the before. end of the th- – I only did one for three days, and by the end, I was so clear because we fasted and we just drank water and that was it. Yeah. I was so clear. I came back. I got on my first client call since I'd been back, yeah. and I instantly knew what was going on with this person just like that. It's like, wow, because I was so crystal clear on the inside. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You were just able to channel in so um, amazingly. That's, that's beautiful. Wow. So then, you know, from your own healing, then you decided to then help others heal. Is that, I'm guessing, right? <laughs> that's uh, <what>
1: <laughs> well, because you, you kind of get on this path and it's addictive. It's like, it's awesome. It's fascinating. It's curious. It's wondrous. And then with every client, I'm learning something too. So I'm there I'm there for them, and I'm holding space. And then this guidance is coming through, and it's for them, but I'm also learning from it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the more often I can do it, the better. Mm-hmm. So I just, I love doing the healing sessions because of that. Because it's like, it's so fulfilling and rewarding to tap into the divine consciousness, like to work with, And now I know I'm tapped into this earth consciousness, this divine mother that's teaching us all the time. That is just the most profound experience to be aware of that presence. And even right now I'm feeling her. So it's just so incredible to me that I, I, yeah, I want to, I want to help other people receive
0: what I have,
1: you know, received or something different, but even as good or better. And then I want to go along for the ride because I want to, it's like I vicariously, (laughs) you know, like enjoy watching. And because I've kind of, I've had so many awakenings now that are my own and that are precious. And it's also nice to watch other people and get excited for them. Like what's the thing, like what's the seed that's going to open it up for them, you know?
0: You know, I also joked, like, I was like, my clients would probably stop paying me if they realized that this was as equally as fulfilling for me as it was for them, that I'm healing too. I get so much out of it. Like, you know, breakthroughs they're having, like, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing it as well. So yeah, it is deeply fulfilling work. And, you know, I feel the same for you. It's like once I was, you know, freed, right, from my prison of pain and realizing that I was, you know, enslaved by my own mind and my experiences and my past and all that stuff. And, and the liberation that I had was like, how could I not, you know, turn around and try to give this to other people knowing that they're suffering? How could I turn my back on people that are needing help that, that are still in that space, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't even a thought, you know what I mean? It was like, of course I'm trying to, <laughs> to share this, you know? And, um, which obviously is, is something that we're trying to do here today too, you know? So I, I feel so much resonance with your journey and I feel so much of your, your bright light and your spirit. Mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Um, so, so grateful to be connected with you in this way.
1: Yeah. It was so awesome. It's like this realization that comes dawning in, I think it's the plant medicine partially, but I also think it's just awakening in general. You start to realize what unity actually is. Mm -hmm. Unity is not conformity. Unity is not an effort. Unity is being who you're designed to be, exactly as you're designed to be, and allowing the spirit to flow through you unrestricted. Yes. And then you feel the unity with other people, even though you're different. Yes. Like I'm feeling it with you right now, mm-hmm. but we're so different and yet we're the same.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was actually having this conversation earlier about, you know, uh, being committed to our most authentic expression of ourselves, right? Being committed to our highest version of ourselves, which essentially is, God, you know, spirit source, but my highest expression of that is different. Like exactly like you said, it's different, but it's the same, you know. And and that once you're committed to that, it's it's the most it's. It's the highest vibration, but also the highest outcome of all. you know it was more the, the conversation was geared more about being committed to outcome rather than versus being committed to sell, right And how those two things are very different. And um, yeah, and just I think you know what the work I'm doing, the work you're doing is is ha- helping people, you know, find the freedom or their way back to their most authentic self, their highest expression of, that, of spirit through them, right, and um, which is you embodied in it as their guide.
1: Yeah, it's effortless when you're in this space, effortless in the sense of you're being led to exactly what you need next. Not effortless in the sense of it doesn't take work. Because it does. And we know it does. That would be a lie. I'm not going to lie to you. Anybody out there, I'll tell you the truth. It's messy. It's dirty. It's muggy. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It feels a lot of stuff. But in the feeling of all that is also the beauty. I had this awakening where I realized, I don't know where it got started because I'm not a big religious person, but apparently there were... I guess some angels decided, oh well, humans aren't really worthy of love, so cuz you know, they're just humans. It's just so <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And and then I realized, oh, so a lot of angels got sent here to be human. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like how hard is it to be human without love? Mm-hmm. I think we've established that it's very challenging to be human without love. Yeah pushing love away and not feeling worthy of love it's almost impossible to surmount these challenges as a matter of fact the only way to surmount these challenges is to start allowing love in yeah. and receiving it
0: mm. yeah yeah well just going back to what you're saying about feeling right and i think a lot you know you're sort of saying like like not feeling love and a lot of times people refuse to you know refuse to let love in from wounds in the past or you know trauma and things like that and then the feeling aspect, you know, obviously with sacred plant medicine or any type of healing journey, it's like we're going into the darkness or we're going in. We're going in and we got to feel it. And so, you know, something that I work on, you know, with myself, obviously, and also my clients, and they're not always happy when I'm like, feel it. Like, I'm not here to make you feel better. I'm here to make you feel everything and through the feeling of it that's when we're processing it right that's when we're allowing it and and allowing that love in to go into the wounds as much as it stings as much as it hurts right and 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 to clear it out and to finally allow ourselves to purge through through that pain and that wounding and um and like you said it's it's not it's not for the weak-hearted but it's worth it because you know i think i don't think a lot of people are really, like you said, understanding how much they do shield themselves from love. They do shield themselves from feeling, right? And they essentially become a shell of themselves, not being able to experience anything really on a deeper level, um, which is the entire point of being here. <laughs> it is.
1: And, you know, there's different levels of clearing out that stuff too. I think ayahuasca is kind of like the um, the workhorse <laughs> of the plant medicines, like, she really gets in there and cleans it out. She's got, like, lots of good love cleaner. And yeah. and then after a while, though, it's like, for me, um, I got good at – because she's also respectful. So I got good at navigating that journey and being like, okay, well, I see that tunnel, but I'm not going to go down that tunnel right now. I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go over here to this one, or I'm going to go do this, but I don't – you know, and then I moved into another medicine, which is a heart medicine, and it snuck up on me, <laughs> it snuck totally like just the most beautiful, delicate, gentle, floral, like, and just didn't even, almost like it was just wafting around, I didn't even know it was there, and then, bam, my heart's getting cleared, wow. and I'm having, like, I was actually brought face to face with White Eagle, who is one of my major sources of inspiration and and medicine in this lifetime, Mm -hmm. right? Sitting right in front of me as clear as day, connecting all the dots of my life Mm -hmm. because I was willing to be surrendered and go into that place of surrendering with this heart and let my heart be healed. So I just want to say that heart healing is really key. And there is a tool available for that in the emotion code, the heart wall clearing There's another tool available there. So there's all kinds of tools surfacing now Mm -hmm. to help us heal our hearts. And feeling it is the number one way, right? I mean, (laughs) feel it. (laughs) Don't bypass it or get around it, but actually feel it. Cry, crying clears the heart. It clears layers off the heart wall, Mm -hmm. just clearing all that energy. And isn't this kind of like the preciousness? Because we are – we're spirit, but we're also human yeah. and the human being is being human. It's the, it's the spirit in the body, having the experience, being willing to be present with all of it. Yeah. That's the juice. That's what souls are lined up to get on this planet for. And we just have to remember that when we're in the thick of the shadow and it's really uncomfortable Mm-hmm. And this is a joyful thing actually <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: because it doesn't feel that way when you're in the middle of all the shadow it doesn't feel joyful, but it is, it's a refinement of your soul's curriculum.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Such a beautiful way to put it. Um, I want to get into all of your stuff after, but I'm so enjoying this conversation. Right now. I know it's pretty okay. awesome. <laughs> can, can we talk a little bit more about surrender, right? Because, God, you know, as much work as I've done, you know, and I still feel like I'm a baby in this world, you know, I've only been on this journey, what, like, five, six years, and, um, and, you know, surrender, you know, trust, surrender, faith, all of these things, like, they are, it sounds like gibberish to some people, right, like, probably some people listening right now are like, well, surrender to what, like, <laughs> you're you know? talking about, <laughs> exactly, and so, you know, and it's something that I, I try to obviously embody and master every day. It's not always, it's not, you know, as you said, we are human. So we do want to feel this need to control things, to feel safe, to feel like we are, you know, um, we're doing the things. We're doing all the things, right? <laughs> um, and, you know. The, yeah, we're
1: doing awakening. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> i think uh,
0: you know one of my profound you know realizations is i'm not i'm not doing anything like i'm just being here and allowing right and uh, that allowance and stop doing allow more D- do less allow more is what i try to tell myself so can you talk a little bit more about what surrender um what that journey of surrender is like for you or has been like for you
1: the way i think about it when i'm thinking see because that's the ego it's like oh let me think about this <laughs>
0: Think
1: about right. Like <laughs> so the way I think about it to help my support myself through that, my personality through that process, is that this is a incarnation suit, right? This this being that I'm in that my spirit's inhabiting this human is like an incarnation suit, and it comes equipped with my soul's curriculum, and it comes equipped with my my beginning life, which I chose. All the things that happened up until now, it's all part of this thing but it's not who I am I'm beyond it I'm well beyond it and there's like it's like if this was a video game there would be like levels of high scores that you could achieve like levels of high scores and all of those levels of high scores that you'd like to and and really what is that it's like a it's like a whole new juicier even juicier even more amazing way of experiencing this human beingness okay so that's a high score but there's so many, and all of those high scores require you to let go of everything you think you are. <laughs> everything. So the degree to which you can let go of your identity up until now, who you thought you were, the habit you got in of thinking about yourself, the degree to which you can let that go and surrender it and give it. I, I work with Earth-based, so I work with, like, the four directions, right? Well, the West – the west direction is all about letting go. The west is an excellent director, direction for learning how to let go. Let it go. Like the trees, they drop their leaves in the fall. They don't pick them back up again and go, well, I changed my mind. I want to put that one, those leaves back on. No, once they're down on the ground, they're done. That's it. You just stand naked. You stand naked and you wait for the buds to come in the spring. So you might stand naked for a little while. See, we don't like to be naked. We like to be cloaked in an identity. But the major growth, the transformation, the like butterfly dragonfly metamorphosis, that happens in the complete surrender inside the cocoon for the butterfly, right? It's like in, it's a soup. There's nothing of its former self left. The structural elements are gone. It's just got the, The soup. And then something imaginal cells form the butterfly. Spirit forms the butterfly. Divine Mother forms the butterfly. Not the butterfly. The butterfly is not like, well, I'd like my wings to be exactly like this and like turquoise, please, or maybe a little blue. You know, it's not like that. (laughs) You don't get to decide. Now, here's the cool part. This takes trust and faith. That you're going to like what happens on the other side. Okay. <laughs> that's really all it's about. Yeah. That's it. It's like, if you, if you knew that always on the other side, you'd like it better than what you had before. Yeah. It would get so much easier to surrender. Right. Cause all you really care about is, am I going to like it? Cause I really like this and I'm happy here. If I'm going to like that better, then I'll go. Right. So if that's really the only thing that's standing in your way of surrendering. Yeah. <laughs> Am I gonna like it better?
0: That's an awesome way to put
1: it. Get the answers. Yes. I mean, has anybody who's had a transformation in the audience? When has it not been better at the other side of the dark tunnel? Please. Always better. Always better. So that's how I get myself through it. I I just I strip off as much of the clothing as I can. You know, <laughs> just stand naked as naked as I can. And there's vulnerable parts, right? So I don't push myself. If there's something I'm like really tender about, like for example, my sons. I'm really tender about my sons. So I even my twenty one year old who's out of the house now. I'm still really tender about it. So I'm like, okay, Divine Mother acknowledge that he's not he's actually your son, not mine. And he's still my son. Don't mess with me. <laughs> you know, like he's mine. So I'm not willing to let that layer go yet. I'm holding that because that's important to me. I know he's not mine. I know he belongs to the divine mother. I know he belongs to spirit. I know he has his own soul. He's not mine, but I still like this piece and I'm not letting it go. Till I'm ready. And maybe I'll never be ready. Maybe when I die, I'll be ready. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like some pieces are tender. You don't force yourself to let that go. Cause that's, too, that would be just traumatic. So, but everything short of that, you can really strip it all off, your whole identity, wherever you thought you were.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) It's mind-blowing.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's so much I want to speak on. Um, You know, and also you said if—if you're always going to like it better on the other side. Yeah. And I just want to say this. If, if you don't like it better right now, you're not on the other side yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not over yet.
0: It's not over yet. You're still in the thick of it. And, you know, I guess for anybody that's watching this right now that is maybe going through a tough time, maybe is having a really challenging moment with, you know, what's going on in our world or maybe having lost loved ones, having lost their job, having maybe lost their sense of identity, right? Because so many people um, really – Attach their identity to what they were doing, you know, their job, their title, their maybe their physical possessions, and um, just understanding that this is like a cocoon period for all of us collectively Mm -hmm. to go within and really surrender what, you know, all of these labels and all of these ideas of what we had about ourselves. And maybe we are really being pushed to see ourselves beyond those those titles and and really allowing that piece of our, our being, our soul, to come through and, and really a, an amazing opportunity to redefine who we are. We it, is,
1: it is. And it's like that saying that, I mean, it's been around forever. If you love something, set it free. And if it comes back to you, it's yours. That's kind of what happens on the other side of this releasing, is that Whatever is actually yours is still there. Whatever is actually you is still there. It didn't go anywhere. So, really, all you're doing is saying, I'm willing to release my false concepts of myself. Yes. So, why do you want to live a lie? Like, let it go. Yes. That's a false construct. I've let a lot go with my son, by the way. So, I have let a lot go. Like, okay. I admit he's not a baby anymore. Yeah. But I still have baby pictures, so I still look at them, you know. <laughs> I still look at the four-year-old picture, I look at eight, at ten. But he's a he's a man, and I and I, what I say now is I say, I knew who this person was from birth until he left my house. Now I don't know who he is. I I paint with a new brush. I just let it go. He is who he is. He is who he chooses to be and I give him the freedom to be that by letting go of my concept of him. Yeah. Even like family stories and all that. I'll catch myself. I'm like, "No, I'm not telling that story." Because it it's not it's my idea of him, not his idea of him. Yeah. You know, so we so we can learn to give each other freedom. We've we have a lot of conditioning in the human culture paradigm consciousness that we need to release to give ourselves more freedom and sovereignty to co-create.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, our, and the, the way that you speak by your son, like the way that I feel with my parents, right? Like the way that I feel about our, you know, our family ties or people that you've known for a long time to really allow them to be who they are. And I think, just even in my own awakening and my own transformation, a lot of people were not able to accept this version of who I truly am being so attached to who I was. Um, But knowing that none of that matters, right? Like you can reinvent yourself and you can get back in touch with the essence of who you are at any moment. And that's literally the entire point of being here. So
1: (laughs) Exactly. I love that you said that because, yeah, when you start to transform – in the old model that we're that we're dismantling right now, people are their sense of security is derived from things staying the same. Absolutely. So if you're in your family, if you anybody out there is listening, if you start changing and you notice my family is not happy with me right now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're excluding me from family gatherings or they're Telling me you don't know what you're talking about, or they're saying I'm crazy, or whatever the thing is. Yeah. <laughs> Just know your own truth, and you can stay centered and grounded in that. This is an opportunity for you too. Like, if you already have begun transformation, all that means is that your soul's a little better equipped to make this tra- this leap in consciousness. So maybe you've had a few more lifetimes or something. So that's cool. Just stay with yourself, and you're still getting your lesson because it is painful for your family to sort of treat you this way. That's your lesson to go through too. So they have their lesson about transformation. Maybe they didn't, maybe they're like, I'll believe it when I see it. And, and I don't want it to change because I like my world the way it is. They have to learn. You have to learn too, how to have compassion that, that they're scared, you know, and that they're not as equipped as you are with transformation. So that's, these are things I've had to learn too. And, it's been a doozy. Yeah. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of ouches.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Carrie, I could talk to you all day, but I want to talk more about you and the work that you're doing in the world right now. Um, I know um, you're a best-selling author. You just released another book. Yes.
1: Yeah. I have a pre, so this book I released last year, this is called the second wave. It's got the rainbow eye. So that because we are the rainbow eye. (laughs) cover. <laughs> so this is um white eagle's book that i channeled and it's about the second wave so those who haven't understand what the second wave is it's not the covid second wave although isn't that clever i did not plan that by the way white eagle probably did because he's very humorous anyway <laughs> he's very funny very funny he's ascended master to work with so um yeah, so that book is really about the second wave of volunteers to the planet to help the consciousness of the planet um, evolve. And it the second wave came here to embody as human from other places in the galaxy mm-hmm. and to ascend the consciousness by healing it from the inside out. So probably, Diana, you're probably part of the second wave. So that it's been painful, and that's why. So the book explains all that, why it's been painful, why it's hard, how do you go about it, what do you do with your family, all that kind of stuff. The new book, as soon as I published that one, that one's been on the – for, I don't know, 62 weeks now. It's been on the charts on Amazon, which I'm not buying books. So I'm not – I don't have a publisher. It's me. So um the next book, I got tapped. White Buffalo Calf Woman said, okay, you're starting another book. I thought I was going on book tour. No. <laughs> You're going to start the next book. So, for the last 14 months, I've been working with White Buffalo Calf Woman. I have been healing myself, embodying the healings, receiving the teachings, you know, doing ceremonies, doing retreats, doing meditations, contemplations, and doing personal work, like real live work in my relationships with my sons, with my mother, with my family. And that book is teachings about the mother wound. It's called Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound. And the mother wound is not just mothers and daughters. The mother wound is every single human being because every human is birthed by a woman. Mm -hmm. And women have been treated very poorly uh, by humanity over the last 2,000 years. And so that wound, you know, you're birthed out of a woman, so you're birthed out of her consciousness. You receive that. So humans have been just passing this along for thousands of years so we're healing it now and it's also uh so that's like the the sort of ancestral view it's the relationship with your mother if you are a mother it's your relationship with your children eggs can be boys affected by this everybody in the larger sense it's our disconnection from our mother earth from our divine mother teacher and it's healing that wound so when we heal that wound we reconnect with planet earth and her consciousness and her messages we're in her we're in her I mean this is made of her our bodies mm. as soon as we realize that and we really let her in the whole thing's gonna shift because like we were talking about you and I like we we just we're just meeting it's like we're, we already understand each other yeah because we've been listening to Mother Earth mm. it'll yeah. be like this we won't have to work so hard to understand each other
0: yeah let's just have that resonance.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So beautiful. So that book's
1: on pre-order. That book people can get at um motherwoundbook.com. So be sure to put the book at the end because there's another person teaching about the mother wound. This is different than what she's doing. So motherwoundbook.com.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have all of your the links and, and everything that you want to attach um on the page that uh this interview is on. Um Carrie, I've had such a wonderful time talking with you. I could talk
1: with you. Likewise. <laughs>
0: um, so much to learn from you. I may have to, we, we might have to work together after this.
1: <laughs> I think so. It'd be fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, where can people find, I mean, if people, I'm sure there's other people that want to work with you as well. How? Where can people get in touch with you?
1: So if you if you get the book at motherwoundbook.com, you'll be on my mailing list and you'll get notices from me. You can also go to my website, um, kerryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, mm-hmm. hummingbird.com. And there's little buttons to click for a chat or a longer chat, short chat, long chat, <laughs> you know, whatever you feel like you need. Yeah. And um, And I do a podcast. So I do a podcast called Soul Nectar Show. And oh. that's available from the website too.
0: Awesome, awesome. Oh, Carrie, you're such a light. Um, so, so grateful to have connected with you and to share this space with you and, and to resonate so much um, with your spirit. So thank you. Um, I am going to... Uh, Put all of Carrie's links um, in the email with Carrie's interview as well as on the website. So you guys will have access to her and all of her beautiful work in the world. Um, Thank you again for being here. Thank you guys for watching at home. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode of Transforming Trauma to Triumph. Bye. Bye.